Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Socks on Tap. Tony, I, my first reaction is just fuck yes, let's go. Socks versus Detroit. That's that's where it all starts. It all starts taking care of business in house in the Central Division. That's right. I'm a meatball. You got to bring that top button swag, baby. It is always great to beat the Cubs. And I'm a homer, so I always say they're gonna. Dallas Keiko Lampson got some beards that you should be afraid of. What everybody said when he gets out there, it's me versus the other guy, and I'm gonna beat him. So I just love that mentality. It's cool and fucking tough. Steve, Steve, would you say that Tony is mad online? I, I would definitely say that. The White Sox winner. Hello, White Sox fans, and welcome in to the first post-game show of the 2022 season. Tony Marchese joined by NWI Steve. I wish we had a better one to talk about today, Steve. But nonetheless, we're here. We are going to break this one down. Steve, how you doing, my friend? Hey, yo, Anthony. Um, I am hashtag mad online as we'd like to say in the business here. Uh, that was a very frustrating loss. Obviously, first game of the year to come out and have that one slip away like that is not ideal, as we like to say in the business. No, it's not. It's not ideal, Steve, at all. This uh, let's, let's just call this one out right away. This is, this is not ideal. We don't like this. We're not having fun. I, I just, I'm, I'm mad. I'm mad online with you. The ending of that ball game was atrocious, for lack of a better term, atrocious. And we'll get to the end of it, and we'll break it down. But Steve, there's a lot to talk about in this first ball game of the season for the White Sox. We're gonna get to all of it, but before we do, make sure you're checking out ontapsportsnet.com for all of your Chicago sports literature podcasting needs. Make sure you're following Steve at NWI underscore Steve. You can follow me at Tony on tap, but be sure you're following the at socks on tap account through the year. We've got all your white Sox coverage. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for joining. I see a bunch of people popping in to the YouTube right now. That's where we want you to be so that you can comment, talk along with us, commiserate with us, celebrate with us through this 2022 white Sox season. So follow us on YouTube. That's at on tap sports net on YouTube, Steve, Let's just start from the beginning here. Lucas Giolito, the start today, he looked great uh, at the start of the ball game. Obviously, leaves with an injury. I want to get to that, but thoughts on Lucas Giolito's performance before the injury here, Steve? First two innings went out there was a little bit erratic with his command. Looked like he was just having a little bit of a struggle to get the feel. I think particularly on his secondary offerings there uh, was able to kind of navigate himself out of a couple of situations there. Then third and fourth inning looked like he really started to find it, feel more comfortable out there, threw up a couple of, of quick zeros, was able to get six strikeouts through the four innings. Uh, and you were really feeling good about that, especially as he walked off the mound in the fourth inning. And obviously at that point, we didn't know about the stomach or, or side issue. Um, but, you know, you're feeling like, okay, he he's found it out there. Got a three, nothing lead. We're, we're feeling good right now. Yeah, Steve, I thought that, uh, you know, he looked fairly decent in, in terms of uh, what you normally get from Lucas Giolito last year during a day start. Um, that was somewhat of an issue for him. I think what was concerning to me a little bit um, 
was the low pitch count before Lucas Giolito left this game. I thought he would have had the stuff to go a little bit deeper. And here we get to the injury portion of this. Um, some abdominal tightness, I think it was described as. Uh, it could be worse, I guess, in, in terms of pitcher injuries. But nonetheless concerning when you look at what's going on with this White Sox team overall. Lance Lynn already on the IL. This is your... This is your workhorse. This is the guy we talked about in the season preview show with Sean Roberts that you needed to go deep into this ball game um, to what do we say here all the time, Steve set the tone. Um, you needed Lucas Giolito to do that. Obviously he leaves with the lead and how concerned are you about this right now? How concerned are you about the Lucas Giolito injury? Obviously Tony La Russa afterwards uh, said he was concerned. Um, so how concerned are you? I am very concerned because the fact of the matter is they cannot afford to lose Lucas Giolito for two, three weeks. If it is an oblique injury, knowing that probably not going to see Lancelin until June. And that's just going to right away put a tremendous amount of strain on this pitching staff with, without Lancelin in there. And now you're going to be taxing the bullpen tremendously. If you lose Lucas Giolito on top of that, um, now you're really in a dire straits situation here. I don't care what team you are. Um, even a team like the Los Angeles Dodgers, if you lose your top two starting pitchers, you're going to have some significant issues uh, to deal with. And you just certainly have to hope that maybe it was just a stomach cramp, um, maybe just you know trying to get your, your body adjusted going from pitching in Arizona to you know, the cooler weather in Detroit. I'm, I'm just spitballing here. Hopefully that's all this is. But again, if this is an oblique strain and he has to miss, you know, two or three weeks at a time here, this is going to be a real problem for the, for this team. Indeed it will be Steve. I'm, I'm just kind of mad right now. And we talked about Matt online. I'm mad online. The Matt online meter is, is oh, it's high broke. right now. It's high right yeah, now. It, it, it is definitely high. It's, it's, it's close. And this is, this is day one. This is day one. So I want to set some expectations here and, and just, you were talking about this before, um, before we got on the show about how this game would feel different had it been played in the middle of June or the end of May versus opening day. But you don't want to see your ace leave a ball game with an injury for any reason ever throughout the season. I think that's probably the most concerning thing that happened today overall is the Lucas Giolito leaving the ball game. We can get to the heartbreak later, but to me that is – the most concerning thing hundred percent that that is the most concerning um obviously you know you go into twitter.com and it's it's crisis freak out mode already i have column a leadership guy in my dms right now you know hey man, hot cats are for closers we went over this a couple of years ago i mean you know uh, you know so i got column a leadership guy in my dms right now telling me that the bullpen stinks because they had one bad day and everything and like i said it's it's really annoying to see but the fact of the matter is it's just more annoying because of the fact we have no other frame of reference for the 2022 season. This is literally the only point of reference that we have with this team here. Uh, they could go out, you know, for the next month and be nails and everyone will forget about this, but because 
This is literally the very first one of 162. Everyone's going to be hashtag mad online tonight. Um, I'm, I'm at the front of that line here. We were talking about this before we got on. I'm, I'm pissed off right now. We wrap up here. I'm going to go back to the gym for the second time today. Cause I need to blow off some more steam. I'm just, I'm not thrilled, but it is what it is. So, Steve, before we get to the end of this ball game, I want to break through some of the offense here. Eloy Jimenez in the first inning uh, singles a ground ball up the middle uh, to score Jose Abreu. Uh, you get a nice early lead in this one for Lucas Giolito. Uh, it's, it's good for him to work with. Uh, you pour a little bit more on in the top of the second. A.J. Pollock um, in his first White Sox game uh, singles line drive into right. Uh, that scores Jake Berger, and then uh, Luis Robert follows that up with a double. We were rolling ours and 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 feeling good about this one just a few hours ago. Uh, thoughts on the on the hot start from the offense here, because that's what I want to see. If we're going to take some positives out of this game, the White Sox lineup that's missing Tim Anderson, it's missing Yoan Moncada, but you're seeing contributions from guys early. I thought that was a good sign. Uh, what say you? Yeah, they definitely did go out there and work to set the tone. Uh, through the first couple of innings there, you know, those first four innings, they had really strong at bats and they were working a lot of deep counts against Eduardo Rodriguez, uh, basically getting him to the point where he had to exit the game after four innings because he was consistently getting into three, one, three, two counts with tremendous regularity. And even when the Sox were making outs, they were, they were going out there and they were having quality at bats. So that's definitely something that you want to see over the course of the season. If that is something that is going to continue with regularity you feel like they're going to have a pretty good offensive performance there and they're going to score more runs than they did today ultimately if they just keep that same mindset that same approach absolutely agree there steve uh the tigers don't get on the board until the bottom of the six when uh candelario uh single the ball into center uh that scored grossman um they added one more on in the eighth uh, or actually two more on in the eighth when Miguel Cabrera ties the ball game. Uh, this is where things get a little bit ugly because you see the White Sox offense kind of stall out there for multiple innings. That's what we don't want to see. Um, and the Tigers come clawing their way back into this. Obviously, Lucas Giolito uh, leaves that game uh, with the injury, and you have to go to the bullpen. What are your thoughts on some of the bullpen guys here, Steve? that we saw enter this game. You had uh, the debut for uh, Souza. Uh, Kyle Crick comes into the game. Uh, thoughts on those two guys before we get to Kendall Graveman. Who I well, really before, want to talk about. Yeah. Well, before we, before we get to that, there was one pivotal sequence that I had highlighted actually offensively here that I think was a turning point in this game in the, in the top of the fifth inning uh, when Rodriguez was taken out in place of Hutchinson. The Sox actually had another opportunity to break this game open. You had AJ Pollock lead off with a double. Luis Robert gets the infield single. So you got first and second, nobody out. You're three, four, five coming up. And, or, or excuse me, first first and third. Um, Tony La Russa actually started Luis Robert in motion to prevent a Jose Abreu double play on that. So you had a fielder's choice. He had second and third, now one out. Yaz and Eloy coming out. And you don't score right there. That's a pivotal turning point right there because you had an opportunity to go up potentially five nothing in this game and really just suck the wind out of that Tiger team. And you don't take advantage of it. And this is a point I'm going to drive home throughout the course of the season. When you have those opportunities to add on runs in situations like that, and you don't capitalize more often times than not, it does come back to haunt you. Um, so getting to you know to the bullpen situation here, uh, Bennett Souza, you know he he went out there major league debut looked looked pretty good. 
today. And then you follow it up, um, you know, Kyle Crick, um, you know, Aaron, Aaron Bummer and, and Kendall Graveman. The biggest issue with all of these guys today was the fact that they were not getting ahead of hitters with any regularity. Um, you know, Crick hit. Robbie Grossman, the very first pitch he throws, and then he goes out there and he walks um, Austin Meadows. So, you know, right away, you got the relievers coming in here, not doing their jobs, not getting ahead of hitters. And you just simply can't do that against really any major league team, let alone one that does have some competency up and down the lineup. And this Tigers team is a little bit revamped in their lineup and they do have functional major league hitters in there. So you can't just go out there consistently be, be giving guys free passes falling behind two Oh two one three one with everyone. Cause then bad things are going to happen. It's not a recipe for success, Steve. And uh, I'm, I'm back in post game mode here looking through this ball game. I'm glad you pointed out the pivotal sequence right there because what does Johnny Nani say all the time about this? You have to be opportunistic. And the Sox were early, but that faded away through this ball ballgame, uh, leaving runners on base, something we talk about on this show far too often. Yeah, and, and that was – I had highlighted that right when it happened because, again, as I said, if Yaz or if Eloy is able to find a, a base hit, all of a sudden now you're looking at a 5 nothing game. Even if Yaz just hits a sack fly and you go to 4 nothing, now all of a sudden it takes a grand slam to have to tie this game right there, um, as, as the late Ed Farmer used to say all the time. So that run right there becomes so pivotal. And to not punch any runs across the plate right there when you have your 3-4-5 hitters coming up when you get – the first two guys on to start an inning. I mean, it can just suck the wind out of your sails. And it sort of did for the White Sox, uh, Steve, in this ball game. Uh, Kendall Graveman. I want to get to Kendall Graveman here real quick. Um, how, how did you think he looked? Because I thought he looked absolutely fantastic in his White Sox debut. Um, just pounding the strike zone and, and, and getting guys out. He ends up going an inning and two-thirds here today. Um just impressive stuff from the White Sox free agent acquisition over this offseason. Yeah, he he did definitely look good. He was going out there uh, throwing that heavy sinker, 96, 97 down in the zone, uh, really kind of going out there and attacking. He was he was really the only reliever that did that uh, throughout the course of this particular game here, and that's obviously something that you need to see with more consistency from the various other guys that are part of this bullpen here. But uh, definitely you, you would hope that you see more of that from Kendall Graveman here as the season progresses. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if he works his way into an eighth inning role or even gets a chance to save a ball game here or two. Uh, Steve, Andrew Vaughn uh, tried to play hero today and looked good, looked real good when he hit that ball. I felt great. I felt happy. I was a happy human. I thought the Sox were going to walk away with this one. I thought it was going to, you know, it, it took the Andrew Vaughn home run to get us there. Uh, but thoughts on Andrew Vaughn, first home run of the White Sox season. Did you have that in your uh you know, magic eight ball that did, did it tell you this morning that uh, Andrew Vaughn was going to be the first one uh, to provide the long ball for this team. This year? No, no, I actually, I thought it was going to be uh, La Pantera. You know, that's why I selected him as my pick to click here today. Um, 
But, you know, Andrew Vaughn obviously is a guy that has had tremendous success against lefties. That is something that was highlighted very much throughout the course of the broadcast here. Um, and he did have several good at-bats against Eduardo Rodriguez. So kind of picking up where he left off during his rookie campaign in 2021. And that's definitely a matchup that you, that you want to see when you have the opportunity to have him in the batter's box against left-handed starting pitchers. I'll take my chances with that. Yep, and you're rocking the La Pantera shirt today, Steve. You are ready to roll some R's on this postgame show. I hope that we get the chance to do that at some point this season, and I'm sure we will be provided with enough opportunities. Unfortunately, today was not uh, La Pantera leaving the leaving the yard. Uh, we probably could have used one or two of those uh, now that I think about it. But let, let's get to the hard part of this. Let's get to the hard part, the bottom of the ninth inning. Liam Hendricks enters in the bottom of the eighth for the White Sox, uh, relieving Aaron Bummer, gives up the long ball, ties the ball game. Then you get Andrew Vaughn's heroics. Then back out there for Liam Hendricks. It was ugly, man. It was absolutely ugly. That's not the type of stuff you want to see from your closer, especially day one. We talked about how, you know, you're going to have these ball games throughout the course of the year, but opening day, spare me, please spare me the heartache on opening day. It just, it, what is going on here? Is this, is this bad foreshadowing for the rest of the season? All sorts of question marks in my mind, trying to stay positive, trying to keep the negative Nani out of here. However, I think it's time to be a little negative. That was horseshit from Liam Hendricks today. Oh, you know, a couple, a couple things here. And I've talked about this for a couple of weeks in our, in our group chat that something just feels off to me with this group. I, I can't put my finger on it and, you know, look, look what happens here today. But, you know, the one thing about it is the, the two run single that they gave up to Miguel Cabrera, if you actually watch it, that was not a, a bad pitch. Um, a guy that has just, you know, been one of the best hitters that the game's ever seen. You know, he found a hole. The, the ball wasn't hit particularly hard. He just, he found a hole. And again, if you actually go back and if you watch the replay, it was not a bad pitch. Um, he obviously would have liked to have gotten it in a little bit more, but you would think that pounding a, a 96, 97 mile an hour fastball on a guy that's, you know, 39 years old at this point that you'd be able to take advantage of that. And he got got unfortunately um what followed obviously was very frustrating you know the the home run to um pass i the thing that i'm struggling to understand white sox killer yeah yeah we're we're already reaching that territory right there um you know he's not quite ryan rayburn yet but you know he keeps this thing up who knows as long as he doesn't turn into max kepler Great. I, I still think Ryan Rayburn's the all time. I mean, if you actually go back and look like there, there was a point in his career where like half of Rayburn's career RBIs came against the Sox. Um, and I mean, it was just an absurd number, you know, that, that would happen there. Um, I didn't understand why Hendricks wasn't utilizing his breaking ball today. He was essentially going out there and just being a one pitch pitcher. And again, I know there's people out there talking that, oh, you know, he wasn't throwing the slider because, you know, he, you know, because he has money Grandal can't, you know, block anything in the dirt. And I just, I think that's horse shit. Um, I think that Liam Hendricks is a guy that he's going to go out there and he's going to throw what he wants to throw, regardless of who is behind the plate. And I, that's the mentality that you want to have as a pitcher. And that's the mentality that I want my closer to have. But that's a question that I would have loved to have heard someone ask post game: is why were you going away from the slider uh, throughout 
you know, the overwhelming majority of this appearance from why were you essentially a one pitch pitcher? So Steve, one thing that I noticed throughout this ball game, obviously you've got the new um, pitcher catcher communication channels. This, this came up multiple times uh, seeing the guys go in and I, I guess there's some sort of speaker in the hat mm-hmm. uh, near the ear. Um, it, it seemed like it wasn't working for the white Sox today. Uh, you, you saw this multiple times. You wonder if some pitch selection issues or there were some, you know, level of nerves uh, for Yasmani Grandal and the pitching staff uh, working to, together to call pitches. It, it just, it, it felt a little bit off. Pitch selection was an interesting thing. And when you add in something completely new, obviously you're going to have to work out kinks in any process when you add something new like this. Do you think that had any sort of effect on, on the White Sox pitching staff and even Yasmani Grandal throughout the day, or was no. this just something minor? No, I, I think if there was a, and, and we obviously did see there was an issue with Kendall Graveman. Um, that was the one that really kind of highlighted it for me. So, you know, if there is some sort of a communication breakdown that's happening there, then you just have to, oh my God, do what these guys have been doing for their entire life leading up to this season and go old school and put the fucking fingers down. Um, you know, I, I, it shouldn't be that complicated if I'm being totally honest with you. So I'm, I'm not utilizing that as an excuse. I'm not utilizing it as an excuse either, Steve. It's just interesting to see. I saw Aaron Bummer go to the hat, uh, as well. A couple times just seemed awkward a little bit is, is kind of where I'm putting it. This at is, yeah, like like you said, go back to the fingers. And, 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 and if, they, if if that if that's happening, then it is incumbent upon the the pitcher to tell the catcher, "Hey, get your fucking ass out here. Let's figure out a sequence on the signs here, and and let's just kick it old school here." Uh, there needs to be some sort of a communication between the two if if the technology isn't working. And this isn't going to be the first time we're going to see this issue throughout the course of the season here. So figure it out and understand and know what your plan B is going to to end up being before you're out there. Steve advocating for old school baseball on socks on tap post game show. Number one. I love it. This is awesome stuff. We're, we're getting, we're getting somewhere, Steve. Uh, now end of this ball game couldn't have come from a, a player who I despise more. Uh, Javier Baez. I, I just, I don't like the guy. I, I know that there's probably nothing wrong with him overall uh, as a person. However, on the baseball field, he drives me absolutely insane. Can't stand him. Um, the fact that he's with Detroit and, and walks off the sacks on a very interesting play ball hit to AJ Pollock. Uh, for those who did not get to see this ball hit out to right field to AJ Pollock uh, bounces off the wall into his glove. He kind of jumps forward and, and makes a catch after it bounces out of the glove for a second. You think this thing's going into extras uh, replay review reveals that the ball did in fact hit off the wall. White Sox lose Javier Baez walks off the Sox. Welcome to the AL central. This is not a good feeling. This is why we're mad online right now. Steve thoughts on that play, man. Cause it was, it sucked um, for a career outfielder to, you know, you got your back against the wall right there. You have to know in that circumstance that you don't have any more margin for error. And I'm just struggling to understand why he thought that he could just stay, um, you know, kind of flat footed in that situation, knowing that you can't go back any farther right there. I mean, if you have to, I mean, literally if he would have jumped two inches, the balls in his, in the pocket of his glove, 
So that's an extremely frustrating and annoying circumstance. And just, I guess, par for the course with uh, what we saw the last five innings of this ballgame, just the ultimate icing on the fucking cake. Not pretty. Not not great. Not great at all. Uh, Steve, that's your ballgame, man. 5-4 Detroit. Sox dropped the opener. On to tomorrow. Sox have another game. Sox have another game, and it will be, I believe, Dylan Cease on the mound for the White Sox as they take on the Detroit Tigers once again out in Detroit. We all know Detroit sucks. Let's talk about a winner tomorrow, Steve, and let's let's get into keys to success for tomorrow's ball game. What are your thoughts here? First and foremost, Dylan Cease, fastball command. It will always be predicated on fastball command. You have to go out there. You have to work ahead of hitters with consistency because if he is able to do that, if he's able to get guys 0-2, 1-2, then it turns into motherfucking hammer time, and we all know what can happen then. So if he can go out there, establish that fastball command early and often, he's going to go out there and he's going to have a good day. And then I want to see the Sox go back to what they – we're doing offensively through the first four innings of this game, working counts with consistency. Now, Casey Mize is a much different type pitcher than Eduardo Rodriguez is. Uh, Mize is very much a control and command guy who who does you know have 96, 97 in his back pocket, but utilizes a lot of sinker. So he doesn't get a ton of swing and miss historically, and the Sox have handled him uh, since he arrived to Detroit. But He's gonna. He's a guy that's gonna be around the strike zone. So you gotta go out there. You gotta be um, aggressive, selectively aggressive. I will say in counts and put yourselves in a good position to to do some damage here. I agree with you right there. My my key to success for tomorrow is avoid the big inning, Dylan Cease. And this is the key anytime this guy's on the mound. But I want to see him, like I've always wanted to see him, string together a couple of starts. No better way to do it than in your first appearance uh, during this season because we don't know what this injury report is going to look like for Lucas Giolito. You talked about X factors on the season preview show. You're going to need Michael Kopech and Dylan Cease to show up in these next two starts. If we're going to set the tone the way that we want to for this White Sox season, there's still a chance to win this series. It starts tomorrow. Dylan sees avoid the big inning. And for the offense, let's, let's take more innings like the first two that we saw here today. Uh, that's going to be the key here. Steve, do we have a pick to click for tomorrow's ball game? Um, yeah, assuming he is in the lineup, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take Yaz Money Grandal. Um, I think he's going to go ahead and I think he's going to put one into the right field bleachers, assuming he is in the lineup. I like it, Steve. I'm going to roll AJ Pollock tomorrow. I think that uh, a guy who looked good at the plate today, looks real good at the plate today, uh, starting the season off real hot. Also, he's going to want a little bit of revenge, I think, for what took place out in right field. So I'm looking for him to do some damage at the plate tomorrow. Steve, those are our picks to click. Do we have any final thoughts as we wrap up the first postgame show on Sox on Tap here of the 2022 season? My final thoughts are flush it. Fuck this shit. It's over. Get them tomorrow. Yeah, uh, it, it, there's still plenty of time tonight to be mad online. It's a Friday night. We're going to crack them. We're going to have a good time. Um, it's 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 back at it tomorrow. Dylan Cease, Casey Mize, that's appointment television for me, AL Central Baseball. Steve, let's hope we're talking about a winner tomorrow. We'll be back with another Sox on Tap postgame show tomorrow. We'll have some Sunday fun day action. Uh, and join us. 
Tuesday. Lot B. We're going to be there drinking beers, getting ready to watch some White Sox baseball in person, live for the first time of the 2022 season. Can't wait to see all of you out there. Steve's going to be out there. Our guy Buzz is going to be out there. Johnny's going to be out there. The whole crew. Uh, minus Sean Roberts. He'll be with us in spirit. Maybe we'll try and like use some technology to uh, to video him in at some point, make him a little jealous that he lives out in Iowa. Um, but Steve, I'm looking forward to some tailgating this season. Looking forward to getting out to the ballpark, seeing everybody, a lot of familiar faces out there. And hopefully we're watching a White Sox winner and there's lots of fireworks uh, to celebrate a White Sox winner on Tuesday. Looking forward to it. Hope you guys can get out there and join us. Uh, I don't have anything else, Steve. No, that's uh, you. You pinpointed it, my man. Like I said, just flush it onto the next one. Got 161 more to go. Let's do it. Well, be sure you're going to On Tap Sportsnet for all of your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Follow us at Socks On Tap on Twitter. Uh, you can follow Steve at NWI Steve, myself over at Tony On Tap. And make sure you subscribe to our YouTube. Uh, so you can tune into all these post-game shows throughout the year, interact with us. Thanks for all that tuned in today. White Sox forever. White Sox for life. <laughs>